It is Monday, September the 18th, 2023. My name is Mark Beavis. On the program today, the Trudeau government is clamping down on Canada's large food chains, saying that they're going to need to bring prices down or the government will do it for them. We're going to cover that story. Also, the Liberals have announced that they will be taking measures to tackle the problem of housing affordability here in Canada. We're going to update you on that. U.S. inflation was up again in August. We're going to bring you the latest numbers there. Credit card debt in Canada reaches a new all-time high. Laurentian Bank is no longer for sale. And lastly today, the auto worker strike is heating up. Let's get started with today's news. Last week on this program, I outlined how the Liberal government is taking on Canada's big banks. And now we see them going after Canada's largest grocery chains in order to tackle this problem uh, of increasing food prices. Ottawa has said that Loblaw, Metro, Sobeys, Costco, and Walmart all need to find a way to stabilize and lower food prices. And if they can't, they said that the government will take further action to make it happen. Essentially, this is the same stance that we're seeing that they're taking against the big banks. The federal government is making changes to the Competition Act. They're threatening the grocers with tax measures if food prices don't stabilize. In a press conference last Thursday afternoon, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, he laid out the proposed changes. There seems to be uh, this thought that the grocery chains have been posting, well, they have been posting record earnings over the past year or so. Uh, they're doing that at the expense of uh, the workers. And so this seems to be a, a popular stance that uh, if they take on this battle, it'll be good with the uh, general public. The first change that is proposed would give the Competition Bureau the power to force companies to provide financial information for its market studies. And currently the grocery chains, they aren't required to disclose all their financial information. And this has hampered the Bureau's ability to actually collect the information, as you might imagine. Um, Industry Minister Francois-Philippe uh, Champagne, he seems to be taking the same stance as he did with the, the major banks, basically saying that if they don't fix the problem, he will. And in a recent interview, he said, it's always a good time to fight. We're going to be fighting and finding solutions to help Canadians. That's what they want from us. A second amendment to the act would eliminate the use of a legal tool that has been used in the past to allow companies to go ahead with mergers, even if it results in less competition. And this is what's known as the efficiencies defense. And basically, as long as the companies can show that a merger will benefit the economy as a whole, they should be able to proceed, even if it doesn't directly benefit uh, the public. So they're looking to make a change there. Um, the last part of this proposed legislation would see amendment that would give the Competition Bureau uh, more power to go after what are known as collaborations. And this refers to a situation where the large grocers make it difficult for smaller competitors to open a store nearby. The biggest barrier for small businesses is finding access to suitable real estate. And of course, most of the best locations are already controlled uh, by the bigger grocers. The Retail Council of Canada is pushing back against the proposed legislation, though, and it says in a statement, any conversation that doesn't include the vendors whose costs make up more than 70% of the price to customers will not provide meaningful outcomes. Now, I tend to agree with this stance. Uh, a large part of what we're seeing with today's price is inflation, and it doesn't matter, in my opinion, how competitive these companies are. Uh, if they don't change the, the root of the problem, they're not going to see the results that they want Curious what you think, leave your comments below. Shifting over to housing now, the Trudeau government has been under a ton of pressure to respond to the widespread concerns that we have about the cost of housing. And the Prime Minister has in fact responded to the program. Uh, first, he's announced the government is going to be removing the GST from construction of new rental apartments. And this is an effort to encourage more development in this space. 
Also, if municipalities want access to the government's housing accelerator fund, the Liberals are now going to require them to repeal or amend any exclusionary zoning policies that they have in place. Um, in a statement to reporters, Trudeau said, Canadians are struggling right now and we're going to be there as we always have been to have people's backs to invest in the kinds of things that support Canadians and grow the economy at the same time. The GST provisions that were announced on Thursday actually first appeared in the Liberal Party's election platform way back in 2015, but then in 2017, they abandoned the policy and at the time said that there were better ways to increase uh, retail construction. Well, obviously, whatever they had in mind at that point, if they in fact did have a, a finite plan, uh, that didn't work. And so we're now back to the 2015 GST promise. In defense, Housing Minister Sean Fraser, he says that the circumstances have changed and there's no doubt that they have. And he points particularly to the higher interest rates that are standing in the way uh, of construction. The Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, CMHC, it says that most in most provinces, housing is considered to be affordable if it takes up to 30% of income, but that target is 37% in Ontario. And if you live here in British Columbia, where I am, 44% of income is considered to be affordable. The CMHC says in a report that in order to, to, meet, to uh, meet the ongoing demand, Canada still needs another 3.45 million new units above what is currently planned. According to their report, Ontario has the largest shortfall, an estimated 1.48 million unit gap. Uh, Quebec needs an estimated 860 million units, and British Columbia needs uh, 610,000 units. Alberta uh, comes in with a need of 130,000 units in order to meet demand. The latest U.S. inflation numbers saw a year-over-year -year rise of 3.7% in August, and that is an increase of the 3.2% that was seen uh, back in July. Despite this increase, the year-on-year -year increase in prices have come down from a peak of 9.1% uh, back in June of 2022. As has been the case recently, the price of gasoline or the energy sector in general has been the biggest uh, culprit of inflation in the U.S. Uh, it is responsible this time around for over half of the increase in the overall inflation rate. Um, overall, the energy index rose 5.6%. The shelter index also rose for the 40th consecutive month. Now, this news comes just before the U.S. Federal Reserve Board is set to make its next interest rate announcement, which is on Wednesday, so just in a couple of days. And although the inflation rate did increase, it's considered to be relatively moderate, and it could encourage the Fed to keep interest rates on hold for this cycle. Uh, in fact, there is a widespread sentiment that the Fed will leave its rate unchanged. According to the CME Group's FedWatch tool, the current odds are 99% that rates will be left, left unchanged at the current target rate of 5.25% to 5.5%. The current probabilities for November, though, are a 33.8% chance of a further 25 basis points increase. According to data from Equifax Canada, credit card balances here at home have hit a record high in the second quarter of this year. And this, this comes despite the fact that higher borrowing costs are in fact you know, causing customers to be more reluctant on overall all spending, but we have seen uh, the debt condition worry. The report says that a non-mortgage debt continued to grow in the second quarter, largely due to a substantial growth in credit card balances. And there is a notable increase in debt among subprime uh, sub and deep subprime customers. Um, individuals who fall into the high income segment as well as mortgage holders showed the biggest slowdown in credit card spending. And uh, it's generally thought that this group will have more flexibility to scale back on discretionary spending and that allows them to meet their credit card obligations because they're not, you know, they have some extra income uh, 
beyond just meeting their basic needs. Again, according to the report, the average credit card balance per credit card customer has risen 9% across the board, but it is up 13.7% year over year for those who have lower credit scores. On this program in July, we talked about Laurentian Bank looking for a potential buyer. Well, they've now completed their strategic review and despite the going through the process, uh, no buyer has emerged and the bank has decided it's just gonna continue uh, down a turnaround plan that it set out uh, nearly two years ago. Uh, according to their announcement, no attractive bids materialized from any of the competing big banks, which was probably the preference there. Um, the big banks themselves are struggling, as we've seen in recent reports, and so I guess they're not, uh, the, the appetite isn't there to take on uh, another competitor. I think, uh, I think Laurentian Bank is probably around ninth largest Canadian bank, somewhere in that range. Um, back in July, when the bank, uh, Laurentian that is, re uh, launched its strategic review, the shares were up around 33%, but following the most recent news, the share price has retraced back to its July levels. As a quick aside, this is one of the examples where consumers obviously would have been well served to have sold any positions that they had in Laurentian, or at least trimmed back, um, back when this announcement was first made. And I've always felt that these corporate events are always, uh, they always have that possibility um, of collapsing. And generally when you see that happen, the additional value that was added uh, as a result of the proposed merger is wiped out um, if in fact the deal does fall through. Canadian auto workers are faced with a union strike deadline as of 11.59 p.m. tonight. There has been a lot of employee unrest uh, over the last while as we've seen the industry go through a period of very high corporate profits, but employees are battling, of course, with you know this era of high inflation, so they're feeling left out there. Um, in the U.S., there are already thousands of striking workers. In fact, nearly one in 10 of America's unionized auto workers have already walked off the job. And this, of course, could spread to Canada if a deal isn't reached. United Auto Workers said on Saturday that it has had reasonably productive conversations with Ford um, through the weekend as its limited a strike against the, the big three automakers there have moved into its a second day. Uh, primarily, the union is trying to reach agreements with Ford, uh, General Motors, and Stellantis. Now, here in Canada, Unifor, which is the uh, union that represents Canadian auto workers, it's negotiating with Ford in order to establish a pattern agreement and this means that if they do strike a, a deal with Ford, it can use the agreement as a precedent in its negotiations with the other automakers. The automakers here at home have unanimously voted in favor of a strike if an agreement is not reached by that deadline, uh, 11.59 p.m. tonight. Um, if the deal is not reached, they would be in a legal position to start striking as early as tomorrow, Tuesday. The union's key priorities in these negotiations here are focused around pensions, wages, attracting investment, and also as a major theme with these negotiations in the modern era, they are wanting to set a strict work standards for the EV transition that we're seeing take place in the industry. Coming up later this week, tomorrow, Canada's inflation rate numbers will be released. On Wednesday, the U.S. Fed rate decision will be made. Also, Federal Express re reports on Wednesday. That's always a bellwether as to how the economy might be doing. Uh, Thursday, the U.S. leading indicator will come out. And then on Friday, we see the global PMI numbers. We see retail sales here in Canada. And again, that will give us some indication of where the economy is heading. Uh, I update this report every Monday and Wednesday. If you're not subscribed already, I invite you to do so, so you'll catch future editions. As always, we do have a link for our Investing Academy in the description below. Thank you for watching this video. We will see you in a couple of days.